constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet face. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, the Watch Out World. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Thanks for being with us and welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, along with Zach Barletta. We're honored to have you with us. You can follow the show on Twitter, Vimeo, Facebook, Instagram, whatever is your favorite social media platform at BTG Program. You can also check out our website, btgprogram.com. Major League Baseball this week, Zach, as you know, handed out its awards. And for me, it was really hard to take an issue with any of the winners. Uh, In each category, there were a number of worthy candidates. Thanks to Kate Upton and her infamous tweeting, though, there's been (laughs) much made about Justin Verlander being denied what I think was his second Cy Young, instead going to Rick Porcello of the Red Sox. Which Verlander did deserve. And I would agree. I don't have as much issue with Porcello winning as, say, I do with the system itself. The fact that two writers, both coincidentally from Tampa area, left Verlander completely off their ballot to me, is inexcusable. Mm -hmm. To to, to leave him completely off the ballot is a bigger deal to me than Porcello actually winning the award. I think that points out that something is wrong with the voting system. I think Verlander should have won, like you. But I think Porcello's an excellent choice as well. I think Corey Kluber would have been an excellent choice also. Now, Zach, you had a bigger issue with the Orioles' Zach Britton not being one of the finalists than I did. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things we saw this year, and one of the reasons Porcello won, is there wasn't a pitcher in the American League, the starting pitcher, that just had that runaway dominant season. I know Porcello had, what, 22 wins, but he wasn't dominant. He didn't get the strikeouts and stuff he would associate with a dominant pitcher. What Zach Britton did out of the, out of the bullpen was just utterly and completely dominant. And, and I think that type of season that he had could be rewarded with a Cy Young Award. And I think it could have, and he's obviously being penalized for being a reliever. Mm-hmm. And the reality is he got in 69 games, and in those 69 games through 67 innings. Verlander was only in 34 games, but he pitched a total of 227-plus innings. He finished third in the majors, Porcello six. I, I just, for me, I can't put a guy who threw 67 innings in the same conversation as I could a guy that threw 200-plus you know, and, and by the way, I, I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up because I don't want it to seem like a a Homer opinion. But the only other award that I think could be debated as much as this one is, is maybe the AL Rookie of the Year. Michael Fulmer of the Tigers won, distancing uh, by quite a ways second place Gary Sanchez of the mm-hmm. Yankees. Now, Sanchez appeared in 53 games compared to Fulmer's 26. 
Believe it or not, Sanchez played in 316 innings. Fulmer only played in 159. Now, I know Fulmer had a great year, and I, I don't mind that he won necessarily, but the margin was greater than it should have been. But Sanchez played twice as much as Fulmer, yet many people said that he hadn't played enough to put up sufficient numbers. Fulmer played half as much. So again, I don't mean to throw any shade at Fulmer, but does 11-7 and and a 3.06 ERA really blow you away? And again, I don't have a problem with Fulmer winning the award. What I have a problem with is people not voting for Sanchez because he only got called up in what, mid-August, late August, somewhere around there? Start of August, yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is people looked at the fact that Fulmer was in the majors for the majority of the season and and Sanchez was only up for a couple of months. And, and right or not, that's what they were looking at. Now, what gets me is where you said that they said he wasn't in the majors long enough to compile the numbers or whatever. The dude hit 20 home runs. I mean, that's a significant number even in today's game. He hit 20 home runs and played twice as many innings as Fulmer. So I think he's penalized for when he was called up just the way Zach Britton is, is penalized for b- mm-hmm. being a reliever. And I can understand it. Verlander, he led the league in a number of categories. How can he be completely left off some ballots? How do you leave him mm-hmm. off? How can he not be in your top five? Each voter had to put in five five candidates, and, he, and he's not in the top. I don't. That, I think, is something def- definitely wrong. And I'm not suggesting that the two guys from Tampa weren't sincere and who they did actually vote for, I'm sure they felt like they deserve it. But maybe they're not qualified to vote. Maybe that's more the issue. Mm -hmm. Each of the two guys had one guy in their top five. I don't understand. The guys certainly had a nice season, not taking away great seasons even, but top five, Bill Chastain of MLB.com, who, by the way, MLB broadcasts all of these award presentations. So this is their guy. He had on his ballot Porcello, Britton, Kluber, Chris Sale, the White Sox, and Masahiro Tanaka of the Yankees. Now, where would be the issue there? I would think probably Tanaka. Exactly right. Tanaka over Verlander. I'm not taking anything away from Tanaka either. We're Yankee fans. We like Tanaka, but still, Verlander was way more dominant. Right. To list him over Verlander, come on. Now, Chastain told the New York Daily News that he submitted his ballot with about a week left in the regular season. Well, why? And and so what? What difference does that make? I don't understand his point. The last week of the season, if I – the Yankees were out of it at that point. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand the point, and I must be missing something. Fred Goodall of the Associated Press, he went – he was the other guy. Porcello, Kluber, J.A. Happ. Zach Britton and Aaron Sanchez. Interesting to have two Blue Jays in the top five. J.A. Happ? A, a great season, nice season, no doubt. But over Verlander. It, it was, and we talked about J.A. Happ on the show earlier this year that he might be in the Cy Young race. But he had a very good season by the numbers, but not a dominant season. Verlander had a dominant season. I mean, he was up approaching 250 strikeouts. Well, here's the problem. Goodall, for example, doesn't cover just baseball. He covers Tampa area sports. The exclusion of Verlander by both these guys, you know, it's to me it's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. I think the baseball writers 
association has a responsibility to make sure that they're they're getting the the most qualified voters to participate and that they're baseball writers, not just you know some sports mm-hmm. writer because they need a certain number of ballots. And that was a big thing that came up recently when they were tinkering with their rules for who's eligible to vote is that you you don't have to currently be a baseball writer. You just have to have been a baseball writer in the last 10 years. Like within the last few years, there were guys who had votes in all of these awards who are golf writers, but they used to cover baseball, so they still well, get they, a vote. They need to tinker yep. some more. And they're focused on making certain that each region, every city which has a team has representation, but maybe they need to get better baseball people voting. Maybe mm. they need to include general managers, managers, players. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that, especially if it's going to balance out. I mean, you and I would be more than willing to take those two guys' spots, right? <laughs> yeah. I saw a headline this week which said that Detroit Lions linebacker DeAndre Levy's proudest moment in college came was he, when he was involved in a play which resulted in the broken leg of former Penn State head coach Joe Paterno. Levy played at Wisconsin prior to his eight seasons in the NFL. In an interview with Men's Journal Magazine, do you read Men's Journal Magazine? I do not. Nor do I. <laughs> Levy referred to Paterno as a, quote, dirtbag and said, we've got to stop prioritizing sports over humanity. Just because somebody can throw a football or coach football, they're excluded from their wicked acts. For any, for the benefit of anybody who may be unfamiliar Longtime paternal assistant Jerry Sandusky, he's in prison for the sexual abuse of 10 children. Court documents reveal that one of these victims testified that Paterno ignored complaints of sexual assault by Sandusky way back in 1976, and that's a long time before they finally Mm -hmm. got around to arresting Sandusky. Now, I agree with Levy's position that sports should never be prioritized over humanity. Sports are fun. For some, it provides a job. But they have a place of priority. Coincidentally, that's what this show is about. We certainly enjoy sports, but it's not as important a priority as is the condition of one's spirituality, their faith in Jesus Christ. But of all the things that Levy accomplished in college, and I have no idea what awards he won, if any, but he certainly had a solid enough college career to warrant continue playing in the NFL, breaking Paterno's leg is really your most memorable moment? Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird dichotomy for me because I agreed with the statement that you read about how sports have to be in the rightful place. Other things are more important. Completely agree. But to say that the most, your most important thing you did in college was to break the leg of an 80 year old guy, regardless of what your feelings are about Paterno, what he may or may not have known or done. The dude was 80 years old. To be proud of breaking an 80 year old man's leg is disturbing to me. I don't know if DeAndre Levy, Levy is a believer in Christ, but for those of us who are, we should not be rejoicing in other people's sufferings. Proverbs twenty four seventeen says, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. The fact that Paterno did not act on these complaints is sick and it's wrong. And by the way, many people aren't sure what they believe about Paterno the court documents revealed this was the testimony of a victim. The hard part about things like this is no matter how sinful or how deep one's deprivation is, it is our responsibility as believers in Christ to forgive them and to leave it in God's hands. That's not to say we don't seek justice. 
you know, Sandusky belongs in prison where he is. That's not to say we don't seek justice, but it's not for us to rejoice in their suffering. And that is no doubt a difficult and hard concept. Jesus said in Matthew 5.44, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Uh, Obviously very difficult to do. We may not always understand God's ways, God's timing, but we know that God is just. Remember Joseph, his brothers sold him into slavery, but God used that situation. And Joseph ends up telling his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. Romans twelve nineteen says, never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. In the 109th Psalm, David is, David is asking God to take action against his enemies. He's praying for God to strike down the wicked. He, he did this on a number of occasions. Jeremiah did the same thing. It's not unheard of to ask God to take vengeance on the wicked, but it should not be lost on us that it is God who acts in his timing in whatever way he chooses. Again, we should most definitely respond to the full extent that our laws allow. I'm not always a good judge, though. I'm not always a fair judge. I don't always have all the information, and chances are neither do you. By the way, it's interesting that Levy's, Levy plays for the Lions, whose head coach is Jim Caldwell. Caldwell, by the way, was part of Paterno's staff back in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, it's got to be awkward for those two guys. I would imagine. we got another full show for you today, so please do stick around. I want to share a few more thoughts on Tony Romo, and I'm fairly certain that regardless of how much commentary you've heard already, even from us, you've not heard this. And we want to help you with Thanksgiving dinner, so Zach and I will walk you through our power rankings of traditional holiday fare. We have a retooled good, bad, and ugly to share with you, and of course, Zach's going to bring us some shenanigans. I hope you'll stick around, spend the hour with us as we get to that, and Whatever else we can fit in, you can find previous broadcasts and more information about us and the program right at our website, btgprogram.com. Our show is mainly listener-supported, so if you feel so led, you can also make a secure donation right there on the website as well. Your donations help to keep the show on the air, but will also allow the program to reach even newer markets. You can follow us, as I said earlier, on Twitter, Vimeo, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, at BTG Program. And if you promise to be kind, you can even call our studio line, 585-431-1202. You can leave your comments anytime, day or night, on anything you hear on our show. Once again, the studio line, 585-431-1202. I'm Benson. The gentleman to my left is Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart, and I get all sorts of pest problems, and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic, basement, or walls. If you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't, call Town & Country. They really are the best. They guarantee their work, and did I mention they're the best? Save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first. 
Don't waste your time on other companies. Town and Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that three is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It's here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee to the pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More than a game. You found the favorite faith-based sports talk show of the State Route 431 corridor there in eastern Alabama. The Beyond the Game program is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give Town & Country a call at 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. We used to do a segment on the show called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of Social Media. Basically, Darren would bring a couple of humorous tweets or posts and Share them on the air. Well, Darren's schedule got to the point where he wasn't able to look all those posts up. And, you know, the song is just too good to not, you know, to not use somewhere on the program. So we've retooled the segment. Well, actually, I guess we've scrapped the segment completely, but we kept the soundbite to use in a new segment. Practically every sports team in the country, or every sports program in the country, I should say, has their power rankings. So because I ran out of things to debate with Zach about, <laughs> we thought it might be fun to not only give you our top three, which would be the good, but we'll also give you our bottom three, the bad, and we'll include the ugliest performance of the week, which is obviously <laughs> the ugly. We'll rotate from week to week, but this week we're going to do the NFL Maybe next time we'll do the NHL. This week we'll do our good, bad, and the ugly following week eleven in the NFL. So Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right down. Here's my top of my power rankings: the Dallas Cowboys, best record in the NFL at eight and one. They've won eight in a row. Hard to argue with that. They proved themselves in that big win with Pittsburgh. They belong at the top. Seattle Seahawks number two. Actually, I should ask, do you agree with that? Cowboys number one? Yeah, I don't know how, how to argue with a team that's just won, was it their ninth straight? Eighth straight? Eighth straight. Yeah. I mean, they have the number one rusher in the NFL, I believe. They're going to have the rookie of the year, whether it's the quarterback or the running back. So I don't know how you argue with them at the top. As the kids would say, they to bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the kids still say that. They don't? The Seattle Seahawks are my number two team. Russell Wilson's looking solid the last couple of weeks. Um, offense has been rolling. The defense already among the league's best. 
do you you got a you're grinning so is that I'm just grinning because you said the phrase my number two <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm sorry that just struck me funny no I this I I agree all right and the New England Patriots are number three. I think the defense is a concern. They're giving up a ton of yardage, but the offense is so stinking good. Obviously, the extent of the injury to Rob Gronkowski will impact the team immensely. Yeah, that is where I disagree with you. Uh, I have the Cowboys at one, the Seahawks at two. My number three team, just based on what we saw this week, is the Tennessee Titans. Really? The Tennessee Titans, because we're talking about teams that are rising to the top. They destroyed the Green Bay Packers, so we were pretty sure we're a good football team. They had their way with them. They the the I think they ended up winning by twenty two points, and that was mostly due to a late sort of rally from yeah, the Packers. Yeah, but you think the Tennessee Titans are the third best team in the NFL? I think they had the third best week this past week, so that's where I'm putting them for now. I think we're on a different page. I'm going down the the best teams in the NFL. But that's all right. We'll we'll continue going on. And this is still week one of the new format. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the bottom of the league, the worst three teams in the NFL. And I don't think there's any question, right? The Cleveland Browns are at the very bottom. They're zero and ten. I mean, what more needs to be said? They are pretty terrible. So this is the time, guys, to buy your Browns gear because when they win, eventually, if they win, you will say you were already a fan. San Francisco 49ers are my second worst team in the league. Losers of eight in a row. I think that says as much as it does the Cowboys winning eight in a row. They're only overshadowed by the Browns ten in a row. Mm -hmm. Would you disagree on the 49ers? Well, I would, but apparently I have the format wrong. So for my number three uh, bad team, I had the Panthers because they blew a 17-point lead on Sunday. And that was pretty bad. Um, I don't think they're the third worst team in football. If if we're talking about over the full well, season, we're, o- we're only on number two. I got Cleveland Browns. My second worst team in the NFL is the Forty ers and I'll, I'll just give you all three. The, the Chicago Bears are the third worst team for me mm. in the NFL. They, I had them they as just, my second worst. They so. just look rudderless. I mean, Cutler's playing like a guy who's checked yeah. out. And- Your superstar receiver just got busted for PEDs, and he's out for four weeks. Yeah. They're running out of players. So bottom three teams, Cleveland Browns, San Francisco 49ers, Chicago Bears. But you would include the Carolina Panthers in that. I mean, if if we're talking full season like you are, I think it's probably the 49ers because they're pretty terrible. But um, this past week, I think the P- Panthers are one of the three worst teams that I watched. Let's talk about the ugly. And, and this will be particular to this last week, um, the New York Jets. Oh, boy, was that ugly. Yeah, I mean, the game was so lackluster, the game with the Rams, that Rams winning 9-6 game had no touchdowns. You could have given the Rams. The Jets scored a touchdown and missed the extra point. Oh, that's right, they did. And I was watching the game. Usually I watch. I I like to watch the red zone if Mm. the Giants aren't on or the Bills aren't on. Mm. But for some reason I was watching this Jets game, and I couldn't make it through it. Why? well, I was interested to see how Bryce Petty would play, and he got off to I thought to a pretty decent start. I didn't think he played horrendous. He was okay, he was okay, but good night. You could have given this ugly award to the Rams, but they won the game, so I guess it's got to go to the Jets. I just gave it to the game because I mean, like an entire market, like the New York market, a big major sports media market, and their local game was Bryce Petty versus Case Keenum. 
I mean, it's like yeah. watching a colonoscopy. It was just a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to watch. And but wait a minute, wait a minute. Have you ever watched a colonoscopy? No. So all good. I, thank you. I feel so much better. All I have is have. my imagination. <laughs> I imagine it's probably like watching that game. Oh man. Hey, as long as we're discussing rankings and giving things a proper order, First Corinthians fourteen thirty three says, "God is not the author of confusion." We don't want you to be confused on Thanksgiving Day, serving your family something that they're going to go tell all their friends, leave you utterly embarrassed. And there are some things that, look, you may choose to serve them, but you need to know going in that these things are just a pimple on an otherwise unblemished skin of the Thanksgiving Day (laughs) dinner table. We never tell you what to serve, but I feel some obligation to at least have an honest conversation about Really, what are fan favorites? Is cranberry sauce? Is jello with chunks in it a, a risk to satisfy your family? Of course they are. So let's see if even those disfavors will make our list of the top seven go-to dishes on Thanksgiving Day. Zach, number one power ranking on Thanksgiving is turkey, right? No doubt. Not for me. Oh. Look, I know some families serve lasagna. Are you a lasagna family? We are not, but I would vote for that if there was a vote. Some families serve lasagna, some other main dish, more aligned with their heritage or culture. But look, you're doing it all wrong. You know, you're di- not only that, but you're disrespecting the many turkeys who gave their lives so that you could put <laughs> on a proper Thanksgiving. Lasagna is good. In fact, lasagna is great. But it's not Thanksgiving. The pilgrims didn't have it on their table. Why in the world would you have lasagna? Turkey is obviously the number one. What, what would be your number one? Oh, it's mashed potatoes. 100% it's mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes come in number two. And I can accept other forms of potatoes. Points off if you went with baked potatoes and not mashed. This is a mashed holiday. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between going for two at the end of a football game and coming away with the win right then and there. Or kicking the extra point and settling to see what happens yeah. in overtime. Having that's it blocked and returned for a touchdown like yeah, what happens in the Yeah, that's the difference between mashed potatoes and baked potatoes. I'm or with you maybe so far. roasted potatoes. And by the way, we're not talking sweet potatoes or yams or whatever. We'll see if they come up a little later in the list, but I doubt that they're going to. Turkey's number one, Zach. Mashed potatoes are number two. Turkey's number two for me. Number three is corn. Corn's great. Got to have corn. And we're not talking about creamed corn. We're talking about... Corn, regular corn. And unlike the various potato options, cream corn's just not acceptable. Number four is fresh baked biscuits. Pillsbury Grands are acceptable. Powder milk biscuits are acceptable. The biscuits don't necessarily need to be made from scratch, but they do need to be fairly fresh. Well, they need to be fresh out of the oven. Whether they're Grands or scratch doesn't matter. They need to be freshly baked. They need to be warm and wonderful. Number five and six go together, and you can flip-flop them. Here's the proper order, apple pie, then pumpkin pie. But if you flip them, I'm not going to raise a fuss. Other types of pies are acceptable, but you can't get crazy here. You lose points for going with something like a mixed berry pie, but it's still going to be okay. Your family's still going to be happy. And while it's great, it is a great pie, lemon meringue is not the place on Thanksgiving Day. No. Lemon lemon meringue doesn't belong there. The next one, number seven on my list, I'm going to be up front and tell you I'm not getting down with this. No way I'm ever going to touch it, but I get that people like it. Uh, I have no idea why they like it, but I'll concede it. I'll put it on the list, and that's green beans. 
If you prefer to put it in a casserole, that's fine. I'm not eating it either way, but it's fine. People like it. Some people try to hide by the flavor of green beans by mixing in bacon, you know, but as they say, here's just, a better idea. You can't polish a turd. Just you know? eat the bacon. Well, there there you go. But when you're mixing it in with, with, with green beans. Yeah. You're just bringing the bacon down. Turkey, mashed potatoes, corn, fresh baked biscuits, apple pie, pumpkin pie, green beans. Not on the list. Cranberry sauce. Nobody nope. under the age of 68 wants to see that. Same thing with Jello with chunks in it. Nobody. Look, I love Jello. Nobody loves Jello more than me. I love it. But don't go mix messing with the texture by mixing in chunks of fruit and trying to come up with some sort of chunked concoction. Oh, that's just weird. It is weird. My wife makes some sort of pistachio salad, which is really a jello dish. Not bad, small amounts, but sorry, babe, it's not making the top seven. And neither do things like corn pudding, Brussels sprouts, other weird things. Thanksgiving isn't rocket science. Mm-hmm. It's you Just keep it simple. Go with the basics. See, and here's the problem with pistachio salad is it's a salad. Like it's thanks. Who eats salad on Thanksgiving? I don't know Thanksgiving why they call that a salad. A salad. Day. I don't know where in the world salad ever made its way into. Just that. eat the pistachios. Oh my! Okay, goodness. my seven mashed potatoes are number one. You know that turkey is number two. Those are flip flopped for you, but they were both in the top two, so I think we're pretty close there. Number three for me, I'm surprised not to hear it from you, is stuffing. <sighs> not a stuffing fan. I'm not talking the box stuffing, which yeah, is okay. I might overlook stuffing. You might you might be making a good point. You might be turning me around on this. Do you put celery in the stuffing? Oh no! Right, some people do. That's that's I'm not a rabbit. What am I going to put cel- stuff celery in my stuffing for? Thank you. Thank number you. number four for me, pie. I don't have any stipulations. I know I, I agree pretty much with what you said, but if it's a pie, I'm I'm going to at least try it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. If if somebody's showing up, if somebody has lemon meringue, it's not like I'm not going to eat it. Right. It just doesn't really belong on Thanksgiving Day. That's apple or pumpkin. And I kind of lump a cheesecake in with the pie family. If you're going to bring a cheesecake, I'm going to include that, and I'm going to eat a ton of it. <laughs> so, um, And that, let's remember this. If you're not lying on the floor afterwards, bloating in front of the football game with you're your pants unbuttoned, you're exactly doing it wrong. You need to do it again. Give me your top seven one more time. We've got to go to break. Mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing, pie. Number five, pasta veggies. Number six, biscuits. Number seven, uh, so a d- dish that my in-laws make called potatoes deluxe, which is basically just potatoes and lots of cheese. So you got potatoes on it twice, but I also heard you try to sneak in pasta in there somewhere. You're doing it wrong. You're disrespecting <laughs> turkeys. I wish to register a complete... I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by the good people of town and country, Pest Solutions. Okay, here is the Red Hawks report for this week, November 19th, 2016. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. The men's basketball team dropped a pair last weekend in Amherst during the ECCCACC Challenge. After falling to Dominican College 74-66 on Friday, on Saturday it took an overtime period for Caldwell College to knock off the Red Hawks 85-80. On Wednesday, the men dropped to 0-3 on the start of the season, losing to Queens College 93-87, juniors Manny Joseph and Malik Dare pacing Roberts Wesleyan with 19 points apiece. In women's hoops, the Red Hawks thumped Nyack College last Friday night 96-68 behind 19 points from junior Brookfields, 
They followed that up on Saturday night with a record-setting 95-58 win over Felician University. The Red Hawks hit 17 threes to set a new three-point record. Both Fields and freshman Sarah Nady had 20 points apiece in the contest. Wednesday night was a rematch of last year's ECC championship game for the Red Hawks women as they took on Queens College. Despite freshman Emily Miller posting a double-double with 15 points and 10 rebounds, Roberts suffered their first conference loss of the season, 77-65. The women's volleyball team closed out their season in dominating fashion, knocking off Mercy College in three straight sets. Seniors Kate Steger and Alexandra Tahari each had 12 kills, with Steger adding three blocks and Tahari recording 23 digs for the Red Hawks. The women's basketball team will be home to host Lake Erie College later today. That's Saturday, November 19th at 3 p.m. The men will be home Tuesday at the Baller Athletic Center to take on St. Edwards University, that at 7.30. Those are your only two chances to catch the Red Hawks at home this week. In fact, it's your only chances for the rest of the month. So let me encourage you to go on out and support the Red Hawks basketball teams. That's the Red Hawks report for this week, November 19, 2016. The Red Hawks report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College, and you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Red Hawks. This has been the Red Hawks report presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart, and I get all sorts of pest problems, and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic, basement, or walls. If you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't, call Town & Country. They really are the best. They guarantee their work, and did I mention they're the best? Save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time, every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that three is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show. Recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. Benson and Barletta, mixing faith and sports. The Dallas Cowboys, Zach, continue to be a major disappointment. In fact, Tony Romo may be the biggest disappointment in Jerry World and what was quite possibly the biggest disappointment in his NFL career. The way the quarterback situation has been 
handled from the owner right down to the coach, the two principal players involved, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, of course. Uh, I mean, we've been waiting all year. And with each additional victory that Prescott leads his team to, the potential only seemed to grow. But where is the meltdown? (laughs) Where is the implosion? I know. I'm so disappointed. As a fan of the New York Giants, I've been looking forward to it with great anticipation. Redskins fans, Eagles fans, you guys know what I'm talking about. Are you kidding me? Nothing? No implosion? I know. It's the Cowboys. Nobody got arrested. Nobody got you know, in a domestic violence situation or something. Nothing happened. Tony Romo looks like a good dude. With all parties involved acting so professionally for the sake of the team, the Dallas Cowboys now seem poised to continue this magical ride that they're on. Now, they still face a fairly difficult stretch here. I guess they still have that to look forward to. They passed a great test last Sunday on the road in Pittsburgh, and which, by the way, was a great football game. Oh, that game. game was so much fun. Oh, man, that was fun to watch. After hosting the Ravens this Sunday, I think it is, they'll have the Redskins on Thanksgiving Day. Redskins are a tough team. Mm-hmm. It's a divisional game. They can't ever be overlooked. And of, speaking of divisional games, they still have to play the, both the Giants and the Eagles on the road. They have a game in Minnesota, and who knows which Vikings team they're going to get. Are they going to get the one that got off to winning their first five games? Are they going to get the one that's lost the last four? And they have two games at home with Tampa Bay and Detroit to round out. And both of those teams are pretty competitive teams, I, I, oh, I yeah. think. I don't think either one would be at the Cowboys level, but this is the NFL, and you have to be at your best every week. I don't think that they're going to come out of this stretch unscathed. They may even drop three or four of the last seven, but without the implosion I was looking for, uh, maybe they win five or six of them. Maybe they end up as the one seed in the playoffs. Uh Obviously, as I said last week, playing at home throughout the playoffs would be a big difference for these Cowboys if they want to go to the Super Bowl. And I still maintain that come playoff time, a veteran quarterback like Tony Romo would be a big help. I think Prescott could deliver the playoffs. I'm not sure about a title, not yet anyhow. But after Romo went all team player this week, disappointing thousands of Cowboy haters, uh, maybe with his support and guidance, maybe they can win it all. But I still don't think so. Moving forward, I don't think anyone believes Romo's going to be a Cowboy next season. He may be content to do his part, carry the clipboard for the rest of this year, but how long will he stay content? How long will he be happy to be Dak Prescott's backup? There are those who were questioning Romo's heart for the game after he seemingly sort of accepted the backup position behind rookie Prescott. And that's such a foolish sentiment to make. The Cowboys have won eight in a row, including that big road win last week in Pittsburgh. How could how could he do anything else but accept this? I mean, this run is is a rarity. Romo's professional enough to know you you can't upset things now. We talked about this on last week's show, and we said that the key going forward is going to be keeping everybody informed about what their roles are. Romo doesn't have to like being a backup. But he knows that's what's best for the team right now. I don't think it's 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 the same thing at all as giving up or no longer having a heart for the game. We have a couple of clips from his speech. Uh, why don't you play that first one, Zach? He's earned the right to be our quarterback. As hard as that is for me to say, he's earned that right. And he has earned that right. Has anybody not named Ben Roethlisberger ever gone on such a run as a rookie? Uh, There was no doubt that Romo was sincere when he acknowledged that Prescott has earned the right to be the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. 
He was also sincere when he said that press that he said he had Prescott's back and that quote ultimately it's about the team. I believe he was being sincere. If you don't have respect for Tony Romo, if you didn't have any for him prior to this and you still don't have respect for him, you're just hard-hearted, man. There's something wrong with you. Tony Romo is being the consummate professional and he's doing everything you would want from a teammate. But he also talked about how difficult this season's been for him. The season-ending injury that put him in this situation where he's lost his job. And let's be honest, you know, Zach, he, he didn't lo- just lose some job in a pizza joint where you go down the road and just get another mm-hmm. pizza joint job. I mean, Romo's may move down the road, but this was the Dallas Cowboys. He was the starting quarterback for the Is there a more marquee job than that? I mean, playing the most identifiable position on one of the most identifiable franchises in mm-hmm. all sports, that job doesn't come around all the time. Next year, if he's with the Jets, the Bears, wherever he ends up, so many teams being linked to, they're not the Dallas Cowboys. Romo admitted to being sad and feeling down and out. He talked about earning things. He said that in those moments, when it's in those moments when you find out who you really are and what you're really about. You see, football is a meritocracy. You aren't handed anything. You earn everything, every single day, over and over again. You have to prove it. That's the way that the NFL, that's the way that football works. And let me just take that a little further. There are many, many people all across our culture who are feeling sad, who are feeling down and out because they are trying to earn a particular place in society. They're trying to achieve some sort of image that they have for themselves that will bring them uh, some level of satisfaction. They're not content with who they really are or what they're really about because they don't think it measures up to the image which society has deemed to be successful. What makes this such an emotional trap is that real contentment, real peace is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. God designed man for fellowship with him, but our sins keep us from being who we are really intended to be and what we're really intended to be about, which is worshiping God the Father. But fellowship with God, being in a relationship with him, it can't be, can't be earned. So many people try in vain to earn forgiveness of sins. They try to make up for it by doing good deeds or going to church or giving to a charity, being a good person. They try to earn it every day, but every day they they fail. Romans 3.10 says that there is none righteous. No, not one. Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross as a sacrifice to accomplish what we cannot earn for ourselves. God knew that man could not earn salvation, so God out of his love came to earth as a man for the purpose of dying for you and for me. It's it's just the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't earn it. If you're trying to, it's a hopeless cycle of desperation, just despair, disappointment. Tony Romo went on to talk about the desire for individual success. But that it's, he said that it's what you do as part of a team, something to this effect, uh, what you do as part of a team that you remember most. Mm-hmm. And this speaks to what you and I have said, Zach, on a, on a number of times here. The greatest satisfaction comes from everyone on a team being involved, pulling their weight, fulfilling their roles. I mean, that's what makes the local church successful or not successful. Is Are people involved? Are they pulling their weight? 
I would ask all the listeners, are you involved and are you pulling your weight? Are you fulfilling the role which God has gifted you for? Or are you perhaps maybe envious of some other position? Maybe you're causing division in an attempt to put yourself out there. Romo said that. You have that clip I was alluding to. Why don't you play that? You know, I feel like we all have two battles or two enemies going on. One with the man across from you. The second is with the man inside of you. I think once you control the one inside of you, the one across from you really doesn't matter. He's battling Dak Prescott, obviously, for the starting quarterback job in Dallas. Chances are wherever he ends up next year will involve some sort, some level of competition, even if he's the perceived starter going in. But he knows that it's the battle within himself that he needs to get under control. When he accepts that situation for what it is, and it sounds like he has, then he can respond to it. Then he can begin to enjoy the peace that follows. Sure, it involves pain and hurt and disappointment and not being that guy, but it leads to peace. It leads to contentment when you finally accept it. Romo was torn up about losing the, the job, but when he accepted that that's the way it is, he's able to content himself being the backup. And who knows, maybe no longer battling himself on this thing. Maybe he finds himself lucky enough to be on a team that's involved in the Super Bowl. Every person has a battle within themselves. Our pride fights with the fact that we cannot earn our redemption from the cost of sin. Our pride keeps telling us, you know, you can do it. You can do it. We're destined for hell, but pride tells us to keep working and doing good things. And that's exactly the lie that the devil wants you to believe. Once man acknowledges and accepts the way it is, then peace can follow. In John fourteen six, Jesus declares that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by me. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Eternal life in heaven cannot be earned, and it cannot be found in anything apart from Jesus. But here's the good news. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay for your sins, Zach, my sins, the listener's sins. He didn't stay in the grave. He rose again, defeated death. He ascended into heaven, and he stands there waiting to accept us into the family of God as a free gift, as an extension of his grace. And Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. We need to admit that we are sinners. We need to admit that to God. We need to repent of those sins, and we need to ask God to forgive us and to save us. And, Zach, I know you've done that. I've done that. He has a free gift of eternal life. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's only by God's grace that he freely offers it through the shed blood of his son at the cross. And I wonder if perhaps God is talking to someone today. Are you at that point where you're able to admit that you are indeed a sinner in need of forgiveness? Then tell that to God. Place your faith and trust that Christ's death on the cross is sufficient for the forgiveness of sins. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to save you. If you want to find out more about becoming a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Reach out to us here at the program. If this has spoken to you today, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. Send us a note. Allow us to pray for you. Be a great encouragement to us. 
I'm Rick Benson. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We'll be back right after this. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, and they have been for the two-plus years the show's been on the air. But that's nothing compared to the nearly 30 years of bringing your homes and businesses of unwelcome pests. And I'm not just here reading a commercial script for them. I am a happy and satisfied customer. They have taken care of a mouse, bee, ant, and even fly problem for me. Yes, my house is old and falling apart, and I get all sorts of pest problems, and you may too as the colder air creeping in starts to cause critters to seek shelter in your attic, basement, or walls. If you think you have a problem or want to make sure that you don't, call Town & Country. They really are the best. They guarantee their work, and did I mention they're the best? Save yourself any more of a headache and money by giving them a call first. Don't waste your time on other companies. Town & Country will do it right the first time every time. So give them a call today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time because someone decided that three is the magic number, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, President of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA National Championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back in once again, and thanks for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram.com. It's the time in the show where Zach's going to take us through some shenanigan statements. So take it away, Zach. All right, number one. The Tennessee Titans' convincing win over Green Bay on Sunday proves they are a playoff team. It does not prove that they're the third best (laughs) team in the NFL, but I would say shenanigans. They're playing really well. Marcus Mariota is proven to be the quarterback that the Titans believe they were drafting. But... In the AFC, their only path to the playoffs is going to be to win that division, and I happen to like the Houston Texans in that division, uh, the Houston Texans. They're, the Texans are 6-3, and three, but they're 5-0 and oh at home. The Titans are 500, both home and on the road. 
there's still one more head-to-head matchup. It's in Tennessee to close out the season, but I think the from here on in, the Texans have a little easier schedule. So, um, no, I don't think they're a playoff team. Not yet. I agree with the statement. I think where you and I disagree is how we evaluate Houston because I don't think Houston's very good. Um, they've given up 27 more points than they've scored. In fact, Tennessee is the only team in that division who has actually scored more than they've allowed. Like you said, Mariota, Mariota looks very good. Their running game is dominating. I definitely can see a scenario where they do win that division. So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say I think they're a playoff team. All right. We differ, but... All right, truth or shenanigans, Mike McCarthy will still be the Packers head coach next year. Give me your thoughts on that. I think he will. Whether or not he should be, he's been successful there for a long time. He brought them a Super Bowl. He has the built-in excuse of they've had to cycle through a lot of running backs because of injuries. Plus, who's going to replace him? You know, the Packers don't strike me as a team to turn to the hot young assistant. They want the proven guy who's been there and done that. I don't think there's too many of those guys available. I don't see Tom Coughlin going to coach the Packers. So uh, I think for him to be fired, they'd have to be legitimately bad. I think you make you said one of the points that I would make. What other options do you have? There, there really isn't anybody out there. They are four and five. They do have some issues, but it's not like they're being – nobody's running away with the division. Right. You know, the, the, the Lions, the Vikings, they don't look like they can't be caught. They're only a game ahead of the Packers, and the Packers still have games remaining with both. Uh, like I said, they do have some issues, but they have some great veteran players. Um, they can win this division. They can get in the playoffs. And McCarthy's got a career 116 and 67 record, including mm-hmm. the postseason. I think he's earned the right to have a down season or two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number three, the Jaguars' Blake Bortles will be the next quarterback to lose his starting job. I say shenanigans, although it's possible, but I don't think the Jags have too many options. I mean, of those options, Bortles is the best. You want Chad Henney? You want Brandon Allen? I I don't think they have a lot of options, but a good number of Bortles problems, to tell you the truth, really haven't been his fault. You know, an interception off a guy's foot. Mm-hmm. These things don't go against the quarterback. You know, when things start going wrong for some teams, yeah. it just snowballs, and all of a sudden everything seems to be going wrong. And I think that's what's happened for Jacksonville. They're a lot better team than this. I really believe that. And there's a lot of teams out there that have uncertain quarterback situations. Mm-hmm. The, the Jets, what are they? I mean, Bryce Petty, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that, that could go back and forth. The Browns, are you really satisfied there? No, I, I don't think the, the Jaguars make a change. And you brought up the biggest reason for me that they won't make a change. I agree with you that Chad Henney is the next best option. Chad Henney is older than dirt. It, the only reason you would make a move to a veteran guy like Chad Henney is if you think you still have a chance to win, so you go to the veteran guy. They're, what, what are they, 2-7? and seven? At this point, the season's over. You've got to see if Blake Bortles is the guy for the future or not. So, I mean, he looks like not, but at this point, you've got to go with the kid and just see what you have. And as for who will be the next quarterback, I think it's whoever is still healthy and standing in Cleveland. RG3 is healthy enough to practice. they got to find out what they have with RG3, if he can still get it done. So I don't see Blake Bortles losing his job. Agreed. After being ejected from back-to-back games, the Washington Wizards' John Wall said the officials will now quote-unquote Find time to respect me. Truth or shenanigans, Wall deserves that respect. 
I'll take your thoughts first. Of course not. Shenanigans. This, of course, came right after Wall committed a flagrant foul out of frustration in a game that was already decided. Taking somebody down like what he did to Marcus Smart is not a way to gain some macho respect. It just makes you an idiot who can't control your emotions. And I agree with you. Shenanigans on the statement. You can't force people to respect you, and certainly getting ejected from games is not the way to earn respect. He has great ability. You can respect his game. But unless he adjusts his attitude, becomes an agreeable teammate, for crying out loud, Mm -hmm. he doesn't deserve the respect that he's looking for. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. It says in Proverbs 27.2, let another praise you and not your own mouth. We have a segment we call You Like That. We look for stories and people to praise for the good things they did. And I want to praise members of the Kent State basketball team who on Wednesday made a powerful statement in support of racial unity prior to their game against Mississippi Valley State. As the band was about to play the national anthem, members of the teams went into the members of the team went into the stands and escorted people out from the crowd onto the floor to stand with them during the national anthem. Every player choosing a person of a different race to stand next to them. The decision to use the national anthem as a time to show solidarity in our diverse campus community was made by the team's seniors and captains, not athletic department officials, Kent State said in an official release after the game. Kent State basketball team standing for racial unity. It's what I like this week. What I liked this week was uh, Indians pitcher Trevor Bauer, who we have kind of piled on on this show before for some things that he's done. He took time to help some kids on Twitter with their math homework. It started with uh, a girl who sent him a tweet asking him about flying drones in his off time, but it turned out it ended up with her asking him a math question, followed by him answering several math questions for kids to help them with their homework on Twitter. And that's what we like out of professional athletes, to be role models for kids. So good for you, Trevor Bauer. You like that? You like that? Yeah, if you're a kid, and especially if you're in the Cleveland area, a fan of the Cleveland Indians, mm-hmm. and Trevor Bauer is helping you with your homework or any professional athlete for that matter, yeah, you're like the king of the schoolyard, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. As we close out the program, on behalf of Zach and myself, I want to wish you a very happy, peaceful Thanksgiving. Be sure to take time out of what is likely a very busy schedule. I'm sure everybody's busy at Thanksgiving, right? you got stuff to do, shopping the next day if you're that person. But let's take time to reflect on God's many blessings, to thank him for his provisions in our lives. James 1.17 says, Every good thing. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Before getting all fired up about heading out on Friday to to the stores to get whatever you need for Christmas, let's all take a few minutes to be thankful for what we already have. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can give those good folks a call at 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson and Zach sent you. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we're going to be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be great this week, everybody. 